0: Te Lofa and welcome to the World in Sport from RNZ Pacific, I'm Vinny Wiley. This week, unfinished business for Cook Islands Rugby and the interim head coach of the Fiji Bati makes his pitch to be appointed full-time. But first, the General Secretary of the Oceania Weightlifting Federation says it will be sensational if Papua New Guinea's Dekitawa is awarded another Commonwealth Games gold medal but lamented the athlete has been denied her moment on the podium. Toa originally finished second in the women's 53 kilogram division on the Gold Coast, behind the gold medal winner Sanjita Chanu Kumik Cham from India. But the, International weightlifting, but the International Weightlifting Federation confirmed last week the 24-year-old Kumik Cham returned a positive test for testosterone and had been provisionally suspended. Her coach, Oceania weightlifting boss Paul Koffer, says they now must wait for the results of the B sample to confirm whether Tika Toa can swap
1: silver for gold.
2: Positive, but it's not. You know, you've got to wait until the B sample is analysed. But uh, 99%, I would say that if the B sample is positive, also that's the end of it. You know, there be the gold medal. So,
1: when the statement was, the disclosure was first put out from the uh, the IWF. Uh, when oh, the... it
2: was put out about about five days ago. About four of them. Uh, one from India and another one from. Uh, Thailand and a couple of others. You know, we're still having positive, which is terrible. Contrary to the Oceania region, where we never we haven't had uh, any anything uh, at all uh, for 11 years. We've been we got got a zero tolerance, in uh, in the Oceania region, we're the only continent clean, um, and we are very proud of that. We had a, a, a young girl from uh, Samoa. Um, yeah. She was cleared and. I'm delighted with that. She's competing in the Oceania Championships. There was nothing wrong, so we still we still got a good record, a clean record, and we want to keep it that way.
1: So, so, so when you first were made aware of uh, the the five um, disclosures uh, from My the games?
2: Guess, no, it wasn't from the games. It was from uh, let's see uh, um, uh, uh, how long it takes. It was uh, she was uh, from the World Championships in. Uh, November, December, um, in um, in USA. Uh, so it wasn't. So if she is before the Commonwealth Games, which had happened, then uh, the, the medal will be taken away. If it wasn't during the games, the medal will be taken away. Either way, uh, she going to lose the medal if she is. Uh, if the B sample is uh, positive, also that means that she competed when she was uh, already positive. You can't do that.
1: Indeed, and yeah. um, if
2: she's found positive, also she's out, and she will get two years from the time that she was found, she, that she was there, and that's in December. So December for two years she'll be out.
1: And uh, obviously, for Dika, she won the gold in Glasgow, and
2: then it's uh, funny that it's the same. Uh, uh, same thing happened. Uh, it's incredible. Uh, the same person uh, twice. That's un- that's unthinkable. Uh, it doesn't happen too often, I can tell you. Um, that uh, happened in, uh, for Dika, uh, four years ago, and it was repeated again four years later. Incredible. But uh, she will be. It uh, shows you that uh, um, it pays to be clean, and uh, you keep a good record and. Eventually, um, gold medals will um, will defeat uh, doping. You can't help it.
1: Obviously, the B sample still has to be tested, and, and the result from that will come. But I mean, from from your perspective, as uh, as you know, her coach and um, as somebody who's been involved in the sport for a long time, you are you expecting that B sample will likely be positive?
2: Yeah, fifty-three years. It's a long time. <laughs> uh, uh, well, very seldom uh, you get a B sample. Different than the A sample, They're just it's the same. Uh, uh, it's the same urine sample. So if it is positive, it is positive in the B sample also. But uh, unfortunately, they have got to go through the proper process, and that's that's what uh, the bad thing is. You just got to wait. The only thing I regret is that uh, you know it's not the same. Uh, winning, um, winning a gold medal at the Commonwealth Games, the Drawing, yeah. uh, the the crowd uh, the television uh, it's different. You know, different than getting a medal by post or you know, it's it's doesn't mean anything. Um, uh, although on paper she is a gold medalist, but it takes everything away from the lifter, uh, from the athlete, whether it's white lifter or whatever,
1: you know. And, and, the same and,
2: thing and, with the uh, Eleo Pelone, you know. She won a silver medal, it's the greatest. Performance of all time for us, and you know, it was given it uh, in the Samoa by the Olympic Committee. You know, it's it's not the same that uh, having the medal received during the Olympic Games in uh, Beijing. It's a different story. The media will uh, uh, will treat the event differently. But when you when you're getting it eight years later, what do you think? And you know, I, be just. Um, shake hands and kiss and congratulations, and that's it, you know. And the same thing will appear with, uh, uh, with Dika. I mean, she I spoke to her the other day. It's not the same. She she feels for it. She said she'll be a gold medal. It'll be recorded as Papua New Guinea. Uh, great performance, you know. Uh, the Institute won the seven gold medals. You know, it's fantastic. Um, or the Oceania region, I beg your pardon. The Oceania region winning seven gold. And uh, and that's not the same, is it? It's not the same like Stephen Curry did uh, at the games. You know, brought the house down, brought television. You know, it was a different story. But we have to put up with it, and it's uh, it's better than silver medal, I can tell you. If she pulls out another goal, to be sensational. Is it,
1: is it at least reassuring that when these incidents are happening, that you know it was only. Um, you know November, December, as you say. So um, we're getting a quick turnaround, and if people are doping, it is being, you know, it is being identified. Uh, it
2: it not uh, I'm very disappointed. It hasn't stopped. I'm the general secretary of the Commonwealth, and uh, to have uh, Malaysians uh, positive uh, at the games and uh, and outside, and now India, it leaves you a very bad taste. You know, um, we're supposed to be. Not intelligent, but more careful. uh, The Western, the 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 English-speaking countries, and yet um, we have countries uh, like India and Malaysians playing around in our own uh, backyard, and uh, I'm not too happy with that at all. Uh, I don't know what to do at this stage. We've just got to hold on, and uh, you know the president of the Commonwealth is Datu Hong from uh, Malaysia, and uh, and he suddenly had four positives. Uh, one at the Commonwealth Games and three before the Games. It's wrong. That's wrong. It's wrong. And we're still having, and we're still having problems with uh, Egypt, uh, Uzbekistan, uh, Kazakhstan. There's still problems. Uh, Iran, and uh, still, if you look at the website, there's still positives, you know. And although the, the, the sport is under fire, uh, we haven't been able to stop them. The only way you can stop them is to disqualify them completely. As soon as you get two positives, you're out, finish. But this business of waiting and then you charge some money and then penalties and all that—it's not paying off. They pay the money and they continue. Uh, the man from Moldova, from I think it was Moldova, uh, just been found positive twice now. You know, he was uh, given two years suspended, and he went to the World Championship, and again he was found positive where do you
0: stop? That's Oceania Weightlifting General Secretary Paul Coffer. 24 overseas-based players will compete with a dozen locals for a spot in the Cook Islands rugby squad to play two World Cup playoff matches against Hong Kong. Former captain Stan Wright was sacked from his first stint as head coach but says after mulling over a request to come back, he eventually couldn't say no
3: unfinished business didn't get to start what I wanted to to do so yeah I thought you know I've got a good chance of um of making a difference to Cook Island Rugby and um that's what made me uh say yes to come back uh, didn't say yes straight away it took a while but it is what it is at the moment and you just get on with it
0: what does it mean to you to play for the Cook Islands and what does it mean to you to coach the Cook Islands
3: it's an honour um you know, I'm a proud Cook Islander. I was born and raised there, and you know, any any chance I I get to get to give back to the boys from from the islands or the Cook Island, I can help out in any way. Uh, rugby terms, um, I will because you know I've been, I've been fortunate enough to have a, a very long uh, professional career. Getting back to the game, you know, um, helping out where I can. But for me to coach the Cook Islands now, is a, you know, it's, you know it's a
0: proud moment. And uh, Stan, obviously we've got this uh, unique opportunity where Cook Islands have been given a second chance after Tahiti were found to have fielded ineligible players, so you've come into sort of a reprieve sort of a situation for the team. What is what is the mood amongst the players? Obviously a lot of them would have been a part of that match and and, and whatnot. Um, do you do you feel vindicated that you're in the game, or do you feel a bit lucky, or what's the approach? a players'
3: point of view, the players I've spoken with anyway, um, they've started at the opportunity of a second chance, like you said, because... It is, you know, from from my point of view personally, you know, we're very lucky to be getting this chance, you know, whether we entered or not, uh, that's not for me to say, but uh, I can say uh, we're very lucky to have this opportunity, and from the boys I've spoken to, uh, you know, everyone's excited, um, just on the team, you know, by the boys, uh, the local boys from the islands, it's a whole different crew coming from New Zealand, and Aussies, and Europe. You know, I've been I've been fortunate. A lot of guys have made themselves available. Whereas the test against Fiji, there, there, there weren't much guys uh, available to be selected. So that's you know I've been fortunate in that respect.
0: Yeah, I think you've named 24 overseas-based players. Is that a pretty unprecedented number for the Cook Islands?
3: The way I look at it is, um, I named a group of overseas boys to to go back and 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 fight for their spot uh, with the local guys. And, and you know, the way I see it, uh, if everyone has their fair chance and fair go. No one can really complain um, at the end of the day. But um, there's a lot of Cook Island boys playing rugby at a high level in in New Zealand and other parts of the world. But it's just getting the availability, you know. You've got to understand it's their bread and butter. This is their income for for some guys playing pro. And, you know, to make yourself available for the Cook Islands will make you a non-selectable player for a super rugby team. That's sort of the battle we're against. I'm saying that boys that are selected, they've got their chance and they're just going to go out and
0: give it their best. You've got the 24 uh, foreign players. How many local base players on Ireland are also in the mix?
3: I've got about a dozen. I've kept that local local base open because I don't really know. You know, I haven't been back home for a while, for over a year now. So I don't really know um, what's on offer. So I'm going to. These boys selected from overseas will go back and, and play a few games or one big game and a few contact uh, sessions against the local boys or everyone mixed together. And after that, I'll, I'll, I'll select a squad of 26 to play those two games against Hong Kong.
0: So anyone that wants to be considered for the tests against Hong Kong, do they have to be a part of this camp? No,
3: they don't. Yeah.
0: So if they can't make it for whatever reason, be it club commitments, family commitments, work, your understanding of that? Yep, yep. Were you encouraged? You talked about how, you know how many people made themselves available. Were you quite encouraged by that sort of a response?
3: Yeah, I was. I was encouraged. Um, it was quite uh, quite pleasing to get that uh, kind of response. There's a lot of boys in there that um, play NPC level upwards. Um, you know, there's other boys that turn us down, but you know, you're always going to get that if everyone said yes. We'd have a fully professional team um, with the guys that I've asked and are eligible to play for the Cook Islands
0: names that are obviously unfamiliar familiar with, the likes of Sean Edu and Sam Addison, Heather, etc. How, how many players do you have with NPC, etc. experience like you're talking about? Well, the fourth pick, everyone's
3: got NPC, uh, you know, out of the starting eight, except one, playing second division for up a Bush. Otherwise, it's like you got that Casey, he's in the Queensland Reds, you've got Anderson Heather Otago, you've got the Warrapa Bush guy, you've got the Lock, um, he plays for Bay of Plenty, the other one's from Counties, uh, the other one's in the Northland squad, the other Lock. Loose Fours are all, um, you know, Sean can cover Lucy's from Perpignan, you've got, uh, you know, the guys at one uh, he's contracted to Bay of Plenty.
0: So, could this be one of the most experienced, potentially most experienced Cook Islands teams we've ever seen?
3: Yeah, I think it is. Um, we're a bit light in the back line, um, but from a fourth point of view, yeah, it's the most um, most experienced pack um, I've been involved with. Anyway, as as a player and a coach, so that's that's pretty exciting. I think, uh, Well, I hope it makes training easier.
0: Now, from the weekend, you now know that Hong Kong will be your opponent. Uh, how much easier does that make the planning process now? What do you know about Hong Kong? Have you been following uh, that Asian comp? Oh,
3: yeah, Following the the three teams in the Asia uh, Asia Cup, and I've been watching the games. So from my point of view, or our point of view, we got to get our game right first. And we know, you know, from from, from the tournament that's just gone, and, and games before that, uh, you know, I'll be looking at how, you know, where we can exploit them or where we can gain a bit of change. But for them, they don't really know anything about us. Uh, just you know, it's a whole new team, whole new setup from the top all the way down to the players.
0: When are you first going to be together with these guys? Is it that camp? So from the 17th, will that be there?
3: Yeah, 17th, 17th of June. You know, it's a big ask. You know, ideally you'd like to have guys longer than that, but, you know, we haven't got the money to pay. You know, these guys got to put food on the table, um, and they're just... Coming for the love of the game and the country to to represent their country. Um, that's how it is with Cook Island rugby. That's how it's been, and you know, hopefully it's not always like that. But uh, you know, three weeks is a long time. You know, without an income for some boys, uh, but you know, that's that's enough. We, let's just hope that we can get everything, all our preparation done um, before the series.
0: That's Cook Islands rugby coach Stan Wright. The interim head coach of the Fiji Bati says he has a passion and unwavering heart for Fiji and will do whatever he can to help develop rugby league in the country. Former New South Wales State of Origin player Matt Adamson will prepare the team for this month's specific test against Papua New Guinea and says he's keen to keep the role on a permanent basis.
4: I've got a business in Fiji, um, which is an affordable housing company, global affordable homes, but my, my passion, one of my gripes actually for, with rugby league is, is our lack of development or something as a young kid. When I came into the the Parramatta system back in the early 1990s, I mean, development was an integral part of uh, rugby league, but. I've seen over the years that um, that has sort of wavered a little bit. Um, it's become more of a responsibility of the NRL and the ARL rather than being put into clubs. And I just think for an island like uh, Fiji and many other Pacific islands, actually, it's a, it's a really integral part of trying to help some of these young kids really hit their peak and, and reach a development and create a pathway. Uh, having done this role for the Melbourne Storm here in Queensland and recreating their whole structural system based here on the... Uh, on the Sunshine Coast, I was in Fiji doing business um, and just saw an amazing abundance of talent, potential visiting uh, yeah, Marika Korobiti's old college and Sully for the know, schools as well so I was just getting there mate doing some work and uh, helping you know, some of those young kids and, and it's just an exciting opportunity and, and then from that mate I obviously got offered of this opportunity to to look after the test team going into this uh, this upcoming test uh, at the end of June
0: yeah, so, so were you approached about the role were you? Because obviously Mick was in charge for a couple of years and we had the World Cup last year and, and you've got a bit of coaching experience as well so did, did they come to you?
4: Once Mick resigned, um, the board uh, sent me an email uh, just seeing if I was interested. I put my uh, CV forward actually four years earlier when I was at the Melbourne Storm as a NYC coach and assistant coach down there under Craig Bellamy and, uh, and that was still on file. And that's sort of how it all came about.
0: And, um, you know, you obviously would have been an interested observer during the World Cup last year. Fiji, three straight World Cup semi final appearances. But I guess the way International Rugby League has gone... Uh, you know that doesn't mean that they're among that top tier, and, and that's been at a big discussion over the last few years about how we grow the international game. I was just speaking to one of your counterparts, Christian Wolf, and, and he's obviously one with plenty of views. Matt Parrish has a fair few views himself as well um, about what we can do to try and lift, especially the Pacific nations who have been doing so well, and try and create a more even playing field in the global game.
4: There's a number of things, and obviously. Key component always is, is finances, but you know, like a like a young rugby league player, the first thing I preach to a young kid who's trying to establish himself in a, in a distinguished career is you've got to go work hard. I think that exemplifies exactly what a coach does. If you're a coach of a developing nation, you've got to get your butt to the nation and really get over there and and work hard and show through your actions that you're dedicated, committed to trying to help develop pathways for young kids. I mean, and that's in a number of ways. It's not just for the elite, it's it's for the grassroots as well. So setting up development programs, you know, through that 12, 14, 16, 18 age group, creating competitive uh, uh, game environments for for the kids on the nation on the island and so forth is always going to be an integral part of development as well, so uh, coaching the coaches is an integral part of it as well. So we always tend to look to oh, we, we need finances. Yeah, we do. And we need support, financially, We need investment. We need we need sponsors. But you can also you know put your time, your energy, and your love into into trying to help develop those nations. And I think over time with consistency, that can be done. I've seen it achieved at club level. I've seen it achieved at grassroots level, uh, and I know we can do it again. And and that's my passion and my interest in wanting to help Fiji.
0: That's Fiji Rugby League coach Matt Adamson. And that's the World and Sport for this week. I'm Vinny Wiley. Thanks very much for listening.
1: I'm Nick Friedman.